This podcast is offered by Hakkabai Zen Center on the web at hakkabai.org. Our programs are made possible by the generosity of people like you. When does Zazen begin? Does it begin when Kiku rings the bell? A Kobun apparently used to say, if you start counting, when you sit down and the bell rings, it's too late. I was listening to him online and he said, oh, counting, counting can be helpful. Start counting before you get to the zendo. (laughs) By the time you get in the zendo, you should be done counting. (laughs) When does it begin? Does it begin when you first have the thought, I'm going to sit? I can't be right either. How far back does it begin? And when does it end? The bell rings. We get up. Is it over? That's it. Zazen's done. The theme this week has been spiritual progress. Uh, The trap of the idea of spiritual progress. That was Kinhin is the most amazing thing, particularly indoor kinin, because it's ludicrous. For the regular mind, it's ludicrous. Well, first of all, to slow walk, to walk that slowly, if you come in from texting and working and Excel spreadsheets, it's, just, it's ludicrous. And we're walking endlessly. I mean, you don't get any points for getting past the altar, you know. (laughs) You don't get any points for getting all the way around. You're just going to keep going. There's no, there's no way to grasp kinhin or zazen that way. Anybody, if we just dropped them in here while we were walking or sitting and they had no idea and they, they would think we'd all gone mad walking around in a circle like that. 
There's only one answer. Now, now Zazen starts. Now Zazen ends. This next part of Fukan Zazengi is um, a sort of reassuring part. Dogen turns another corner. It's sort of like in, in, turns another corner in in the text from where we ended last night, and really most of the rest has a different feeling, a different tone. It's, it's almost compassion or self-compassion. It's, it's gentle. There's still some less gentle stuff coming, but so he, the next paragraph, when you arise from sitting, move slowly and quietly, calmly and deliberately. Do not rise suddenly or abruptly. So no, we've gone back to a very practical thing. After tigers and dragons, we've suddenly turned back to very, very practical. And why does Dogen have to say this? Why say, why? Why rise slowly and quietly? Because otherwise, you'll fool yourself into thinking it's over. Oh, the bell rang. Time to get up, go to school. It's over. But if you rise slowly and quietly, calmly and deliberately, not suddenly or abruptly, the illusion of the ending is more obvious. Whether you go into Kinin or you go outside and you look at the pond or you go get in your car and drive to wherever that other stuff is. <laughs> In surveying the past, we find that transcendence of both mundane and sacred and dying while either sitting or standing have all depended entirely on the power of Zazen. This is a whiplash paragraph. Practical and then Dying, sitting, or standing is, has always been revered. In Buddhism, you always hear these stories of great masters who died sitting upright and stayed sitting for a month after they were dead. All kinds of stories. But we're back to the same thing we started the first night with, we find the transcendence of both mundane and sacred. Practice realization, mundane and sacred. Get over it. Dogen keeps coming back to get over it. Get over mundane versus sacred. Step in the temple with your left foot. Step in your temple with your right foot. Then he goes into, well, in addition, triggering awakening with a finger, a banner, a needle, a mallet, or a gavel, 
An affecting realization with a whisk, a fist, a staff, a shout, these cannot be understood by discriminative thinking. All of these reference stories, other stories, much less can they be known through the practice of supernatural power. Zazen is a practice beyond subjective and objective. We did that Wednesday night. Prior to human knowledge or perception, we did that Tuesday night. He goes back to being reassuring. This being the case, intelligence or lack is not an issue. Don't worry. You can be a genius, high IQ. You can be not a genius, not high IQ. Don't worry. It's not an issue. That's a pretty radical thing to say in Japan 600 years ago. (laughs) Pretty radical thing to say now. Full awakening, don't worry about intelligence, not important. Make no distinguish between the dull and the sharp-witted. If you concentrate single-mindedly, that in itself is wholeheartedly engaging the way. It's not, it's not gonna happen up here. And then back again to the same theme of the whole week, practice realization, one word, is naturally undefiled. Again, back to Hineng. What dustness comes? Right? Undefiled, non-dual, not divided. Is it, is it practice and realization? It's not the practice and realization that there is no practice and realization. It's that they cannot be divided. Practice realization is naturally undefiled. Going forward, you will attain a state of everydayness. Now, I think this is a befuddling word for lots of reasons. Uh, It doesn't mean Excel spreadsheets. It doesn't mean the normal mind of texting and driving and being distracted, it can't mean that, everydayness. So what does it mean? Maybe it means there's no beginning and no ending to zazen. There's no beginning and no ending to awareness to presence, to pick a word. Everydayness, every secondness, every moment within a second, every 10,000 moments within a second, everydayness, naturally underfiled practice realization. So he keeps throwing that same refrain back. And then he goes back to reassurance. In general, in our world and others, in both India and China, all equally hold the Buddha seal, the transmission, the posture, zazen, awakening. All this is this is Protestantism for for Buddhists. This is 
Everybody has it. Doesn't matter if you're smart or dull. All equal. You don't need to be a monk. You don't need to be a rabbi. You don't need to be hey. All equally hold the Buddha seal. Suzuki Roshi used to say all the time, as far as I can tell, nothing special. <laughs> nothing special. Everybody, all equally. While each lineage expresses its own style, they are all simply devoted to sitting, totally committed to immovable sitting. Although they say that there are 10,000 distinctions and a thousand variations, they just wholeheartedly engage the way in Zazen. Why leave behind the seat in your own home to wander in vain through the dusty realms of other lands? If you make one misstep, you stumble past what is directly in front of you. Do you have to do Zazen in the, in the Zendo? You have to go, you have to leave home and come here, or it won't work. Can't do it. Can't do it in the car from there to here. Won't work. That's ludicrous. If you make one misstep, you stumble past what is directly in front of you. Then he starts to, and since I have a question here, he's, the next paragraph, he continues to be reassuring. You have gained the pivotal opportunity of human form. This paragraph starts to sound a lot like Shantideva. Do not pass your days and nights in vain. That's in the liturgy. But then you are taking care of the essential activity of the Buddha way. Who would take wasteful delight in the spark from a flintstone? Besides, form and substance are like that. This is the part that reminds me of, are like the dew on the grass, the fortunes of life, like life, like a dart of lightning, emptied in an instant, vanished in a flash. That's that's very Shantideva like. In the Diamond Sutra, yeah. Especially the spark from a flintstone, yeah. So, you have gained pivotal opportunity of human form. This is everywhere in all sorts of texts. And do not pass your days and nights in vain. Suzuki Roshi again used to say, don't goof off. So, nothing special, but don't goof off. There's something to be done. The sentence in this paragraph, though, that gets me is, you, you are taking care of the essential activity of the Buddha way. What does that mean? I talked the other night about how at a very real level, not at a metaphoric level, you and the stars in Orion's belt are the same thing. When you bow, every atom in the universe is connected to each other. You're only here now because of every other possible thing happens to be in its moment, in its place. And you can get a little metaphysical, but we have no way of really understanding how matter seems to turn into thought or awareness. That bridge is very hard to 
grasp. We're all pretty convinced that there's matter. Although some less so than others. But awareness and matter, what are, what are they? And at a very basic level, they all have to be the same thing. There's serious physicists who now are asking, is the universe just one big mind? What's the difference between the atoms in my brain apparently making something and the atoms in the entire universe simultaneously Is the whole thing just one big awareness? Do rocks have memory? Everything is memory. Every memory is just encoded in something. So there's no difference between me encoding, maybe here and rocks encoding and flowers encoding and the entire universe encoding everything that's ever been. Now, expressed now. When does Zazen start? Please, honored followers of Zen. I think that's what we'll call ourselves. (laughs) Honored followers of Zen. Long accustomed to groping for the elephant. This is the old parable of the blind men groping for the elephant. Do not doubt the true dragon. Now this almost has to point to a story, a wonderful story of his name I can never pronounce. Ye, Ye Kangsu is the way I understand the pronunciation. He loved dragons so much that he carved little wooden dragons, little thousands of little wooden dragons, and he had them all over his house little dragons, shelves of dragons. And one day a dragon heard about him and was so honored that he was, you know, there was someone who revered dragons so much that the dragon showed up outside his window and poked his head in. And when he saw the true dragon, he was so frightened he died on the spot. That's Zen humor. (laughs) Right? Don't do that. Do not doubt the true dragon. Obviously, he did. He doubted. He didn't think there was actually any dragons around. Because if he thought there was any possibility one was going to poke its head in the window, he wouldn't have died on the spot. He was totally devoted to dragon-ness. 
tigers taking to the mountains. He was so devoted that he had lost sight of what a dragon would be like at all if one actually showed up. Devote your energies to the way that points directly to suchness. We're back to his refrain, revere the one who has gone beyond learning and is free from effort. You, you have gone beyond learning and is free from effort. Accord with the enlightenment of all the Buddhas, succeed to the lineage of the Samadhi of all the ancestors, continue to live in such a way and you will be such a person. The tr Here's the most reassuring line. He saves it for last. The treasure store will open of itself and you may enjoy it freely. So one more story. There's an old koan, and I don't know the names. I'm terrible with names. I'm good with faces. There's an old koan where the master asks, If you are standing at the top of a hundred foot pole, how do you step forward? It's a little like asking, where's the finish line in Kinhin? There's no pole. Whatever awakening, whatever realization, whatever insight, whatever moment, whatever beauty, whatever wonder you've had or you're having, That's good. Next. Go back to sitting. Back to practice. Practice realization. Practice realization. Nothing special. If you've gotten somewhere, it's Boulder. So there's a lot in Boulder. There's a lot of um, discussion around attainment. How, <laughs> as Genshin said earlier, how woke? How woke you? How woke are you? How woke am I? And there's tons of tons of tons of this. And that's, a, that's okay, that's a human need. Humans love nothing more than free stuff. You wanna make humans happy, just give them something. Give them, give them a t-shirt. Humans love free stuff. And they love to get to the next step. Uh, sensei told me once long ago, we were up at 
at uh, Red Feather Lakes. And he said, you know, one of Trungpa's, Trungpa Rinpoche's great wisdoms was seeing that people need steps. Okay, well then let's make steps. And Shambhala has a lot of steps. You know, you can take this class, but you can't take this class and take, you're taking that class and you need this, I don't even know, colors and badges and things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because people, that is partly how people learn. You know, you, if you, when I was learning horsemanship, again, there was a, you got a certain, and then you got a green string. And then if you got a certain, you get a blue string, a horse string. And then there you got a red string, red strings. And we have, we have black strings. Sensei has yellow strings. This is human. We like this. How high up the pole am I? Big pole, but oh, I'm 10 feet up the pole. Okay. Oh, I'm 50 feet. Oh, I'm pretty high up the pole. Somebody else is still up there, but well, there's some people down below me, so I'm feeling pretty good. And, and then you get to the top of the 100-foot pole. How do you take a step? If you take another step, you're dead. You'll fall 100 feet. What a terrible place to find yourself. All that attainment, only to be clinging to the top of a hundred foot pole, scared to death. Because if you let go, you're dead. If you climb down, why did you climb up? <laughs> There's no pole. There's no pole. doesn't mean there's nothing to do. It doesn't mean there's nothing to do. You are taking care of the essential activity of the Buddha way. You are, you are I, I believe, as I understand, as I, which is a big caveat. <laughs> but I believe as you're sitting or bowing, or walking, you are attending to the housekeeping of the universe. You are bringing peace to the stars in Orion. Not metaphorically. And at the end of the day, what I, what Fukan Zazengi says to me is not progressing towards a goal. This is the first thing Dogen wrote that we know of. You can see the original of this, one of the originals at Eheji. Next time I go there, I want to ask. It's 27, 25? Something like that when he writes this. I think you could read it for a year because he's, what he says throughout the whole document is now, sit down, practice realization now, not next week, 
Not when you get the yellow string or the green string. Now, people think, people often say that Rinzai Zen and Soto Zen are different because Rinzai is fast and Soto is slow. This isn't slow. This is immediate. Buddha. Sit down, Buddha. Tend to the universe. Tend to the work of the Buddha way. Have no, this is back to page one, have no designs on becoming a Buddha. Roshi, uh, Zenkai Blanche Hartman, who was the abbotess of San Francisco Zen Center for a long time, passed away. Someday we'll have an abbotess here at Hakubai. That'll be good. She used to say, uh, we do not sit to become a Buddha. We sit because that is what Buddhas do. It's hard to one-up Dogen, but I think she might have done it because that is, I think, the essence of, of this. I, uh, we won't teach, we won't have a teaching tomorrow night Maybe we'll, if we have time, maybe we'll chant Fukan Zazengi. And some Sashins, they chant Fukan Zazengi every night for three months, just as the practice, just chant. Uh, I hope these, uh, these conversations have been fruitful and beneficial and I hope whichever part of this you taught yourself over the last week, uh, you, you come back to. Maybe Zazen ends in that final moment before your physical self ends when you remember this moment. And maybe this moment is that moment altogether. So I'd, I'd like to go around. I know people are tired, but I would like to go around and just ask for any questions or comments or um, If you want to pass, feel free to pass. Kiku, would you start? Jiho, I had to start the last time, so I'm going to go this way. I don't have any question right now. I very much appreciate the 
teaching over the last several nights, and, uh, drawing out some of the the background for, uh, for this writing. There are some quotes I was thinking of from Dogen that he, that as we were going through, but it's irrelevant now. But, um, thank you very much. Give us one. <laughs> I was going to, I don't remember the first uh, paragraph of Kendrick Cullen, but since I do that, yeah. <laughs> it was very relevant. I only know like the gist of it, but I won't say it if I don't know it. Kendrick Cohen is another Dogen writing. <laughs> Much longer. <laughs> okay. Is there a copy of like a bibliography of everything that, all the other stories that are referenced? I can email you my annotated copy. Because having that background was incredibly useful. Yeah. And I should say, I asked the first night, first of all, thank you. I asked the first night, who's teaching? Uh, so much of that I learned listening to other people teach this online, teachers at San Francisco Zen Center, uh, finding various, you know, references and starting to, find my way through this little, little text. Um, but I can share that. I'll have to clean it up a little because <laughs> it's got some of my own shorthand, but uh, yeah, I can share that. Makes the little text not so little. No, it's really, really big text. Yeah. Just the title takes all uh, the first night. <laughs> don't have any questions either, but I, I uh, particularly like uh, to... Dogen always has a very uh, direct effect, mm. and to understand better the structure of how that works, mm. how he sets you up for it, and then drops you down and carries you around. And, uh, yeah. it's, uh, Interesting uh, tour. Uh, thank mm -hmm. you. Enjoy the whole Thank you. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be longer. I thank you. I truly thank you. Um, you know, there's such a thing as imparting knowledge but you have imparted knowledge with wisdom and it has meant a great deal to me. Your teaching style and so on, you know, it's been, it's been important. And I think our little group, all being together in the Sangha has really contributed. Now I have one esoteric question for you. <laughs> I, just I have to on. gird myself. <laughs> Last night was a doozy. And again, you know, uh, 
Buddhism and Hinduism, Buddha took a lot of things from Hinduism. Yeah. And maybe Sensei would answer this. Uh, when he says you have gained the pivotal opportunity of human form, hmm. uh, at least for us, you know, you can come back as a rock or a dog or, you know, depending on how much karma you have uh, established or whatever, but to come as a human being and not just as you can come back as a bad human being, but if you come back as a good human being, then you are on the way to nirvana. Hmm. And he, is he saying this is the way to nirvana? Zazen. Hmm. Simple answer. She almost sort of asked you. Well, let. Hmm. Zazen is nirvana. Ah, indeed. So live in nirvana while you are alive. Is that what he's saying through zazen? You don't have any choice. Oh, I like that. Thank you. teaching it seems like it um, purposely gives the, the teacher a reason to throw us around <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's just how it works but it's so entertaining to me <laughs> um, <laughs> little raccoons playing Yeah. And um, it's always irked me. I don't buy it. Yeah. Really. I'm sorry. Can you speak a little? It's sorry. It's always uh, bothered me. Yeah. That idea. It's so anthropocentric. It just seems kind of like bullshit. <laughs> and I've never heard a good explanation as to why it's particularly better. Hmm. So I'm wondering if you or anyone has any thoughts. Yeah, it's a good question. I have thoughts, but I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, what, what she said, right? So many of these, I read so many of those references as inherited to a certain extent. Um, progression, again, uh, rocks to bugs and bugs to something and something to human. And I also, we have to remember the, we have a huge advantage, which is we're 2,500 years after the Shakyamuni Buddha. We know certain things that 
They didn't know. Yeah. We, we know about, we, we can put him in an MRI machine and we can watch what happens in his brain, right? We, can, we know about quantum mechanics. We know, we know about psychology and human development and all kinds of things that, that they didn't know. So I think one of the things we maybe have a different view of is uh, consciousness. And I think the assumption was consciousness only existed in human form. Now, I just made the whole universe conscious a few minutes ago. So, and I think Dogen makes the whole universe conscious which makes human form somewhat irrelevant because the tree has consciousness as much. The tree and I consciousness together at a certain level. But I do think that in many of the references like that in the texts, all sorts of texts that you find, there's an assumption that it's only human form that can think or not think <laughs> that, that has any kind of consciousness. You know, we talked the other day about if the Buddha was trying to transmit sanity forward, how do you do it? You do it through culture. You do it through form and culture. You know that orcas have had intact culture, it's estimated, for 700,000 years. Intact families, intact culture, transmitting rules and language for 700,000 years. So, there were no whales I don't, the Buddha, I, the Buddha, the Buddha, the Buddha hadn't studied the orcas. It's hard to study orcas. Buddha never got to see one. So, I'm not sure I buy it either. Did that answer you? I think it's an excellent answer. <laughs> <laughs> One of the thing about it is that the realms are often thought of as metaphorical, mm. that uh, we are in those realms all the time. Uh, Coben used to always say he's, he knows, especially the hell realm, very well because he spent so much time there because of uh, problems he created in his life. And uh, like the God realm, the highest realm, is not a good realm to be in particularly because you, you, you get blissed out and you forget everything, who you are. And so the best realm to be in is, is, is the middle realm, is the human realm, which has options and choices. Mm. And when you have options and choices, you have the opportunity for liberation. Mm. And that's the only realm where that happens. And that doesn't mean that there is a realm called animals. It means you have a realm called craving. That's what the animal realm is all about. It's not about mm. discrimination of different kinds of beings. And there's the story of... <clears throat> is it a donkey? There's a story of an animal in one of the hell, hell realms. And... 
they're being tortured in some terrible way. This is, I think this is a Tibetan story. And the donkey like takes an extra blow for the other donkey and is instantly enlightened and goes, you know, out of the hell realm and all the way up. So it's not clear that compassion and insight are tied to, right? They're, they're not talking about body types, <laughs> right? They're not talking about body types. They can't be. Concentrate your efforts single-mindedly. That in itself is wholeheartedly engaged in the way. Mm-hmm. So I tried many meditations, and it's often being clear what the focus is, what the concentration is. You mm-hmm. have to focus on Make the breath, maybe you scan the body, visualization, mantra, um, which I've not seen here, mm-hmm. heard here. And so it's like a no concentration, concentration, concentration. Yeah, that's what. I yes. <laughs> you got it. Okay. <laughs> that's difficult. And very easy. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, since I said recently, uh, you know, there isn't a huge market for Zen. Because we don't, we don't, you know, we don't put a candle and say, okay, now for we, there, there's lots of Buddhist practices, but also lots of other practices that, that really carefully can take you step by step through lots of good things and can be very helpful. Zen says, Sit. Practice realization. Shushoito. Now. something that's going to be with me for a while is the first sentence on the top of the second page. The zazen I speak of is not meditation practice. Hmm. That's going to take some time to hang out with. That's a big sentence. Yeah, and often it's translated, by the way, that line is often translated um, 
There's a wonderful website I can also send you that has five translations of the Fukan Zazengi next to each other. Oh, I spent a long time <laughs> scrambling my brain about that one. But it's often translated as the Zazen I speak of is not learning meditation. Um, Surazen, which is where most of this transition translates this way. But it doesn't matter. Either way. If you're practicing zazen, you're not, it's not zazen. What good is practicing? Just do it. Why practice it? Why learn it? Oh, Zen. So, uh, yeah? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should have, next time I do this, I'll remember if I'm going to go around on the final night, I'll have to say no appreciating Shunshin. <laughs> Although it's nice. <laughs> uh, we weren't just saying it. Hmm. You gave us a lot. Thank you. Right? Uh, and thank you to Sensei for inviting me to teach, and Ekai also for inviting me to teach this this session. He's a substitute. I'm a substitute. You missed the you missed the real thing. You have to come back in August for the real thing. I can't do echo. Um, so we have. Oh, the last thing I did want to say is we have uh, two more days, a day and a half, and um, don't screw it up at the end. Uh, it's easy to get pulled, you know, into what's uh, phone or and, and um, senioritis person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, try, let's try to hold the form until the end of the session, until we really close it together, which we will have a chance to do, um, and also hold the form through Kiku's uh, Shiso ceremony, which is important. So uh, we'll try to, try to do that. I will also try my best to do that. Uh. So now we'll chant. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by Hakkabai Zen Center. Our Dharma Talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information about Hakkabai and how to give, please visit us on the web at hakkabai.org.